What's up, Ding Dongs? I'm back. Oh, Corey's back. Corey is back. And um, yeah. So is my it's, catchphrase. Uh, Side Talks podcast. I got I got one for you. Okay. Can you guess the song? You ready? Yep. What? Can anybody get it? Has anybody gotten it? You know this. You definitely I... know this. Let's do it. Ride it. My pony. Oh, my it's pony. The- Pony, it's the pony. Oh. How could you not get it? Somebody in the car somewhere is driving and they're like, how do you not get from... Some uh, big fan of the Magic Mike franchise is just shaking their exactly. steering wheel, just like, come on! Exactly. Apparently the song never goes away. Because well, it was on at the club the other night. And I'm like, this is late 90s era. And then I remember in the early 2000s, I was staying at the Jane Hotel and whatever teen club that was below me played the pony like 60 times in a row at 2 a.m. Oh. I mean, genuine's not going anywhere. Not going anywhere. Anyway, I don't see why you wouldn't throw a little pony on here right now, Brad. I would. Yeah, there we go. All right, Corey, you're back. Yep, this is the uh, Side Talks Pony Cast, where if we talk will. about Pony, the song uh, by Genuine, and also other equestrian-related things. The never-expiring Pony song. Uh, that's right. And um, some movies. And movies Horse every movies. once in a while. Horse movies, but you know. Movies. That's Rachel Morgan. I'm Corey Kraft. I think we didn't say that. No, but let's go talk about horse movies. All right. Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute round one fight. Five-minute fight time. Go ahead and start that timer, Brad, because we're going to do this one quick. Yeah, this isn't a hugely controversial topic because we're, we're just arguing degrees here. That's right. Um, we both really like John Landis's film, An American Werewolf in London. Um, I voiced in a recent podcast that I don't think it's the best werewolf movie ever made, or if it is, it's by default because I don't think there's ever truly been a great werewolf movie. Whoa, and that and that is controversial. You think that this is the great werewolf movie. I think it is a great werewolf movie. I think there are lots of great werewolf movies. I definitely think it's it's a capstone film. I think it's right up there. It's a, it's a pinnacle moment in werewolfery. And I support this thing as being, if you were to make a list of, let's say, the top four to six best werewolf fl- films ever, this film is on that list. Absolutely. It's yeah. 1981. Sure. Yeah. No, it's definitely on the list. For sure. Okay, well, that, it's just you're not, backtracking. No, 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 no. I, I would say I, I'm, I'm the. This is the best werewolf movie by default, but I don't think there has been a great werewolf movie. This is a. So you don't think this is a great film? Period. No, I think it's a really good film. Oh, I think wow. I think a lot of what it does, especially in the realm of obviously of special effects, is revolutionary and magical. Right. Yeah. No argument there on the influence of the special effects and makeup work in this movie. Storytelling for me is a little spottier okay so i you're right about that and i do think there's a little age on the cgi here like there's some there's some um it's still fun though sure there's again you kind of watch it and it's a little it's a little choppy or something it's a little hokey because of the era but it still holds up because it's really really fun and fascinating and fun to watch but i am not suggesting that this film should be in the canon Mm -hmm. because of the special effects i am suggesting that this is a great werewolf film period and that and that i love werewolf films and this is this should be up there i don't understand what your problem is (laughs) it 
it is it does it does an incredible job of balancing being pretty damn frightening. I do remember this this the what is it the underground scene where where he's running from the werewolf in the underground mm-hmm. being really chilling as a kid yeah. uh, them out at night under the full moon and that attack that's, that's is the really best scary. stuff in the movie it's other it's, than the transformation and the zombie makeup that we see later which is just cool yeah these and and this is a really fun story of, that that consistently kind of puts a spotlight on Americans and a foreign country is granted it's a very friendly foreign country for the most parts <laughs> not that pub they go into no, but you know what I mean. Yeah. But it, it it plays on this this sort of the space between different the space between different cycles, right? Am I a human or am I a werewolf? I'm a, I'm sort of playing in this world between between the two. Am I American or am I British? I'm playing I'm I'm caught in between these worlds and the alienation that comes from that. And you've got your dead best friend just saying, "Hey man, you should just yeah. kill yourself." Exactly. And there's Which all, is always fun. There are all these really cool, you know, the, there's also scenes in a movie theater, which who doesn't love that? There's also this thing that that werewolfery does that I really love, which is that balance between the sort of metamorphosis and sex, right? This this comparison between this sort of animalistic behavior and, and desire and drive and becoming this 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 creature. I think, you know, it's fun when that's played for puberty and something like Teen Wolf, but it's uh-huh. it's really fun when it's played for that sort of that weird age between college and adulthood as well. I don't know what your problem is here. <laughs> and the pub scene is great. Was it the slaughtered lamb or yeah, whatever? The slaughtered the, lamb. I, I mean, come on. This is brilliant. What the fuck is your problem? The soundtrack's great. The soundtrack is is good. CCR, it's you know, it's all Bad Moon it's, Rising. it's jokey landis stuff. Love that's it. just very on the nose. But four eighty one, that's that's it's funny. That joke had not been run into the ground yet. No, it hadn't. I mean I remember the soundtrack being really on the nose but but nobody had done that before, so yeah. who, somebody's got to do it, right? It's got like um, some Van Morrison and a you know Moon Dance or something like that, right? right. So, what's, your, what's your problem, man? I'm I mean, giving I, you some time. Again, I it's just it's, about it's the it's the storytelling that doesn't quite come together. The film feels way? off balance. We it's kind of a really long time before we get to any werewolfery, and I you know want my werewolfery in my werewolf movie. I mean, I think we're 25 minutes in before. I mean, what, he's bit in the first 16 minutes or something, right? Sure, but like we don't go full wolf mayhem until very close to the end of the movie, and then the movie ends kind of abruptly. Again, like I like this movie a lot. I just you know there are little minor things like the sort of underdeveloped thing with Jenny Agater as the love interest the nurse or whatever I, I, just, I just that stuff is like fine it, it works it's not excellent it's not you know it's not great stuff this is like a three and a half out of four star movie for me it's it's filled with stuff that I like it also just is filled with stuff that doesn't quite come together can I just ask you though over time here uh-huh do you like any werewolf movies? See, that's the thing. Like, I, I mean, other than this and The Howling, which I would put roughly on the same level, but slightly below this. Um, no. Okay, well, there's your problem. Okay, there's your problem. But, but werewolves, open. Are, werewolves are fucking I cool. I agree that watching, werewolves are fucking cool. Dudes I want tur- watching dudes movies. turn into werewolves and howl at the moon is fucking cool. This is, this is not problem? a dispute. I just want our filmmakers to actually live up to that promise and make good werewolf movies. It's a great movies. film. It's a it's a good film. I I don't John Lannis is a dick and he's a he's a murderer but I I still he this is a great film. Corey, <clears throat> what happens if you ever are outside during a full moon? I 
don't want to tell you that, Sam. You'll have oh. to see for yourself. <laughs> That's why you don't like werewolf All movies. All I'm saying is that none of these I movies the have of accurately captured my personal experience right. being a right. werewolf. That's fair. They don't uh, get it. They don't get it. Teen I'm, Wolf came I'm, the closest because I, I also was very good at basketball. Teen Wolf 2, probably. Yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> I'm a wimpy Jason Bateman. Sorry, Sam. Naturally. Okay. Um, okay. It. I think it is a great werewolf movie. Um, the transformation scene alone. I mean, it won the very first ever Academy Award for special effects, which is kind of cool. Um, it's super influential to a ton of directors like Edgar Wright. Um, maybe Corey is correct in that the story doesn't really land that well. Um, but I, I mean, I think Rachel wins here. It's so close. Y'all kind of said the same thing, but not for like five minutes. Um, but no, Rachel comes out on top, I think by like a thousand points. Yeah. I mean, we're just argue. We're we're on the same page, just degrees, just degrees here. It's like a three and a half Slight out of four versus off. a four out of four. But the reveal is that Corey doesn't like werewolf films, no, which is I, a weird. I ass love thing. werewolf films conceptually. I want good it's werewolf weird. films to be made instead of these kind of mediocre to bad ones. You should be a consultant on them. Yeah, right. On one. Right. Hey, I don't. don't even, I can't even picture what he what notes he's giving me with here. a good time. Oh, I've got notes. I mean, Twilight. No, fuck oh off. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't even get me going on that cuz I will argue that there is a great werewolf film within the within those films. You're right. We should definitely not have that argument. When they go eat all those muffins and everything, I love it. And now fast film terms. Fast film terms. Indeed, and this one, this first one I've got for you is an actual film term, all like right. as in film stock, as in 35 millimeter slash 16 millimeter, that, that actual celluloid. And so it's a bit of, compl- of a complicated one. All right. And maybe in some people's minds, a bit of an antiquated one. Well, not our not friend forever, Christopher Nolan no. or uh, not, Paul yeah, Thomas Anderson. That's, that's exactly right. So this term is called edge coding. Edge coding. Have you heard of this? No, I have <laughs> That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So sometimes called edge numbering or footage numbers. Uh-huh. It's a coding system for numbers that are printed on motion picture film stock, raw film stock, okay. by the manufacturer. They, inc- they are actually included once every foot on a 35 millimeter film. Oh. Once every 20 frames or every six inches on 16 millimeter film. Okay. These letters and numbers are used by the film negative cutter to match a work film print to its corresponding negative original. Wow. All right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. That makes sense. And time code, an electronic sort of form there on Uh the edge of the numbers, or the edge of the the numbers on the edge, right? Right. Um, Those are sort of a similar, they're similar to that on a videotape, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's similar. So, AKA, it's similar to time code. Yeah. That's interesting. I was not aware that physical film stock possessed that characteristic. Yeah, and I mean, I guess that makes sense because, you know. Have to synchronize if, it somehow. If you've ever done any any little bit of, of video editing at all, you know that, that time code is an important yeah. thing to reference, especially if you're an assistant editor like I was where you're using these numbers all the time. Ooh. And we've talked about what time code is before. Yep. So here's another one. This one's this one actually relates to to. Well, really what it would relate to, I guess you could use it for any number of things, but back in the day when I, when I was in film school uh-huh. and we were shooting a lot, of, a lot of video at that time and we were using a lot of tapes. And when, when I was in film school, we had this film, this uh, f- a particular, I guess, format, I would say. I started to say stock, but really format's the better word here, called M2 that M2. we shot on. It was a lot like, I think it was Panasonic's version of, of Betamax. Okay. 
And um, and slightly so slightly higher quality than your standard VHS. Oh, it would have been much, actually much higher quality. Okay. And this is one of the reasons why it was much higher quality is that uh, those tapes were fifty bucks each, and this is like an, this is like an eighteen forty, you know. So it was a lot of money. That's so, Clinton era dollars, that's folks. Right. So we would try to we would record over these things over and over and over again in an effort we even had bulk erasers to do uh-huh. it in an effort to stretch that 50 bucks so a lot of raw footage went went to shit because of that <laughs> but you know 50 bucks a lot of money to me today right yeah and so here's a term that i would have used okay first generation right? uh does that indicate the that it's a new and fresh tape that's exactly right okay. it's the original videotape used to record a, a production right, yeah. or a product got it and each then subsequent copy becomes the next generation so second third what have you and so, you know, I imagine you don't want to use too many generations per tape. No, because you begin to almost see through it. Yeah. And if you could go back in time and, and be a real jerk, you could probably have used that term with the VHS tape. Like, oh, sure. I'm taking this first generation VHS out of the wrap. <laughs> anyway, that's a couple of I don't want to call them. Maybe antiquated is the wrong word, but less used because so much now is shot digitally. So those terms aren't going to come up quite as much as they would have. Back in the film school days of old. Yeah, those fast film terms took a minute to get here. Yeah, sorry. Well, guess what, Corey? What? That's an episode, man. We did it. We did it. We are your own personal cinematic a lot of colada. I imagine that's some sort of chain restaurant and, pina colada. And shrimp Caesar trademarked. Oh. How do you trademark I'm shrimp tell Caesar? You how. Okay. And by the way, this this is all your fault. Uh-oh. You sent me a link to the Red Lobster <laughs> drink menu I did. the other day. You're and, welcome. And I want you to know that a shrimp Caesar trademark symbol is we spice Mott's Clamata to perfection. Oh, gross. Mix it with Smirnoff vodka, no. top with a cocktail shrimp, and garnish with a lime wedge and pickled beans. Pickled beans. Shrimp Caesar trademarked no thank you they so basically they took um like a michelada right is uh-huh. that what this is a michelada is that how you say it and added a shrimp to it and then put a trademark somewhere no out. no and so when i see this kind of shit no i'm like you know what they should have let paris hilton trademark that's hot they should have how is this any <laughs> different this is just a drink that people have, have had before with a damn shrimp in it anyway i'm mad i'm mad i'm mad but i'm not done Oh, Lord. Because you need to know. You need to know what a lot of colada is. It, it's not just an extremely large pina colada? It is an XL frozen pina colada with Captain Morgan's dark rum. Gross. But my favorite part about it is uh-huh. the description ends with a quote. Oh, no. Go big or go home. <laughs> <laughs> Says the Red Lobster menu. Ugh. And do, I believe it. I believe when people order an alata colada, they're going big, and I'm, they're not I'm, going home. I'm they're going not. home. They're I, going to that Red Lobster bar where they're going to get smashed. Definitely going home. And they're going to eat that shrimp out of the shrimp Caesar trademark. So gross. Anyway, what are you? Are you going to be the alata colada, or are you the shrimp Caesar? I have to be the alata colada because the very notion of the shrimp Caesar makes me nauseated. All right. Well, I don't really care to tell you the truth. All right. All right. And I actually like a little food in my drink. Oh, so gross, I'll do it. Gross. I'll do it. No, 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 <laughs> no. Like I'll I'll come close with like pulp and orange juice. That's it. 
No, I don't like that. Oh, I do. But I, I think there's kind of something nice about a, a, a shrimp. A drink that's also a snack. A shrimp. I don't know. Brad, would you eat a would you like a would you like a little shrimp in your in your drink? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> you know, hey. Why can't Red Lobster do it when these restaurants do like an entire burger on a skewer? With like- they clearly can do it. They're allowed to do it. <laughs> All right, I'm tush, just, it's, tush. It's not. It's not compulsory to to drink a chicken Caesar or whatever. <laughs> a chicken Shrimp. Caesar salad. Shrimp. Even though, guess what? We can do right now. I say we trademark. Chicken a Caesar. chicken Caesar drink, and oh, it's got gross. a little it's got a little kebab in it with some chicken pieces hanging on it. Chicken Caesar. <laughs> right. We're gonna I'm gagging. In yeah, I, it's I know, not I know. Good. We're gonna get out of here because you know what I don't gag on. Revelator Coffee. Revelator Coffee, bitch. Of course. I do not. I do not. We love you, Revelator Coffee. Thanks for sponsoring us. Thank you for not making a Revelator Coffee tr- shrimp trademark situation. I wouldn't order it. No, uh, we wouldn't. And also thanks to Boutwell Studios as always. Of thanks, Brad. You're welcome. Um, check us out online at sidewalkfest.com or on social media at Sidewalk Film on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all that shit, where you can find information about what we're doing at the cinema. We've got a lot of fun stuff coming up in September and October, rolling into spooky season, folks. So you're going to want to check out lots of good stuff. The cinema's calendar and get your tickets again. Sidewalkfest.com. Join us, see a movie with us, have a good time with us, and thanks for listening. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.